podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Wiz and Ashes Daily Podcast, brought to you by Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of exciting memories since 1979. Australia take a 24-point lead in the World Test Championship and a 1-0 lead in the Ashes. They bowled England out for 146 on the final day to secure a 251-run win at Hedgebaston. I'm Yaz Rana and today I'm joined by Joe Harmon and Ben Garner. Before we go into what went wrong for England, that was a wonderful spell from Nathan Lyon, wasn't it Joe, who took his 350th Test wicket in the process? Yeah, I think it's just hats off to Nathan Lyon. I think a few of us saw this coming, the way the the ball was turning yesterday with that brief spell um, before stumps. Uh, And even when England weren't bowling, England spinners weren't bowling well, you could still see there's a lot of turnout there. And there's arguably no one in the world better than Nathan Lyon to exploit those conditions. And it was a bit of a masterclass today. We knew he'd trouble England's left-handers, which he did. Troubled their right-handers too. Uh, And it was, yeah, incredible to to concede a 90-run deficit on the first innings and win by 250 runs is is quite incredible and uh, alarming uh, for England as far as the rest of the series goes. In what way is it alarming? Uh, I think, well obviously Steve Smith looks impossible to get out so that's that's alarming. Uh, I think also over the course of the test match seeing people like Travis Head, Matthew Wade, guys that England fans would have convinced themselves were weak links in this team play uh, such a commanding role in this win suggests that the weak links that we thought in the Australian side perhaps aren't quite as, as weak as we might have imagined and a few more have emerged in the England side than we might have liked to think at the start. Ben, are you as concerned as Joe? Yeah, um, I think also just Nathan Lyon is is absolutely brilliant. I mean, I don't think there's any bowl you'd want more for every single situation. I mean, he can sort of tie up an end and still be threatening by getting that that overspin and then when it's when it's turning low show today he's he can be almost unplayable yeah I, I am worried I do think that England still obviously could win at Lords I think that a, a green pitch while obviously Australia has some very good seamers it'll sort of narrow the gap between England and Australia will make that sort of pace differential less of a factor and we could well come out of Lords with it with it 1-1 in the series yeah I'm not really sure what what pitch suits England that was quite a slow pitch that lessens the effect of Australia's fast bowlers, but it makes it, it makes it harder for England to get Steve Smith out. England didn't look like they could get Steve Smith out at all when he was batting. Um, but then if it's a green pitch, Australia have brilliant seamers as well. So what conditions do actually suit England over Australia? And that's also complicated by the fact that England won't have Anderson at Lords, might well not have him for the rest of the series, the way people are talking. Um, that's another thing we should add into this. Uh, emphatic loss England didn't have their best bowler available for other, more than four overs so that that should be remembered even though it seems like a long time ago that he, he did get injured but yeah with Archer coming in for Anderson then that does that changes things a bit as well it's, green seamers perhaps aren't as necessarily to England's advantage as, as they would be with Anderson in the side with Archer a bit of pace in the wicket is, is good for England you would say but then Stark starting to come back in for Lord so that plays into Australia's hands as well I think the the main thing take pitches out of the equation England have just got to play a lot better and find a way to get Steve Smith out England have got their Lord specialist Chris Wokes there as well so yeah Australia, who's probably out. probably due a promotion uh, I would say although you were devastated when he got out of the last wicket there Yaz weren't you that his his average plummets as a, as a result <laughs> well, his record in England is so good I just wanted, to, wanted his batting average to go above 50 looking back across the five days there were a couple of passages of play that I thought stood out the Smith's still stand on day one that helped Australia recover from one two two for eight two eight four, and the England collapse on the morning of the third day, where I thought batting was perhaps as easy as it was across the whole Test match on day three, 
and they fell from 282 for four to 300 for eight. They ended up doing well to get that 91 lead. But I thought that was quite important. That was Nathan Lyon again, wasn't it? He took he took two wickets in that in that spell. Yeah, but I, th- I think it is it is hard to look past that that Anton injury, as Joe said, because not only did England miss him with the ball, but the the extra load it put on England's tack. I mean, because I think the other key passages on the morning of day four when Australia were leading by thirty and three down, and England started quite threateningly, especially Stuart Broad, but then just couldn't maintain any sort of pressure. I think Moen Ali is at his worst when he's having to bowl long spells and he's got to be that containing bowl he's better when he can be attacking and 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 weirdly then is when his he isn't any more loose when he's trying to be really attacking and but it's just when he sort of feels he doesn't have to bowl long spells maybe i don't know but i mean yeah, yeah so on, on moeen a lot of people on, on twitter are calling for for leach to come in for the second test you said before the test match that he's undroppable however badly he's batting do you still think that well i think I'm more meant undroppable that England should definitely pick him for this. I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember if I said undroppable if just the headlines said undroppable. I do still think he is. I don't one know of, the headlines. <laughs> I do still think he he is one of the best test spinners in the world. But I do think there is merit to picking Leach. I think it's something that England just have to. I think something that Joe said on the podcast last night. If you're listening to that one, that it's basically how they evaluate his confidence. Because if he is if he is confident, and if there's no niggle, which some people may be suspected, then he is still the best test spinner England have but he obviously hasn't shown that in this test he it's hard to imagine him having a worse test match than the one he's just had take his batting and bowling in into account and then throw in the fact that that Nathan Lyon the opposing off spinner has won his won his team the test match on the final day by the the Joes out bowled by the two part-time spinners and dismissed twice by the off spinner who was out bowling him I mean it all adds up to a pretty gloomy match for Moen and I say that with with a lot of regret as well because I there is so much such as a savagery towards Moen on on Twitter that I feel naturally inclined to defend him uh, but in this instance I think he probably does have to have a breather for the next test match and and try and get some confidence back because this is he's not bowled a lot he's not bowled a lot in first class cricket or test cricket but he's also not bowled a lot full stop he obviously wasn't in the side by the time England won that World Cup Uh, and he's not someone who's got a huge amount of overs under his belt over his career he needs to be bowling a lot to be bowling well he's not he's never been good at coming in for series when he hasn't played much cricket beforehand Uh, and I think we've seen that kind of shown up glaringly in this in this match so far well we're talking about the effect of Anderson's injury I think the biggest effect that was on, as you say, on on Moeen, that he had to bowl more and he had to bowl in a way that he doesn't normally bowl. And I think, we'll go into it now, changes that England can make for the for the second test match. I think dropping Moeen would be a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, kind of because he's been so good for England for over such a long period of time now with the ball. Um, and Australia do have four left-handers in their top six. And basically picking Jack Leach, who is a good replacement, yes, and deserves, I'd love to see him play test cricket in England. But, Basically picking him because he might have a better chance of getting Steve Smith out. I'm not sure it was enough of a reason. Um, what what changes do you think England can make elsewhere? Jason Roy played a horrible shot to get out today, advancing down the wicket to Nathan Lyon when England trying to save a test match. Uh, yeah, again, that shot is uh, hard to defend. It was obviously an absolute shocker. But again, people on social media, and this is why you shouldn't spend so much time on social media, kids, uh, is because he, he people pile in as though this is some sort of justification that he can't. He can't play test cricket. Well, he, he batted, he faced more balls than anyone else in that fourth innings. Uh, he batted for longer than anyone else in that fourth innings. He saw off the new ball, uh, which was testing both last night and this morning. Uh, and then he played a poor shot. I don't think we saw anything today that means that he can't be a test match opener. It just means that he's going to naturally have to adjust his game slightly, which we all knew in the first place. So 
Yeah, I, I think he'd be a very good test player, but he averages 29 across his whole career opening the batting first-class cricket. He's only done it 17 times before this test match. He hadn't done it before the Ireland test match for, for Surrey since 2015. He's a he's a really talented player, but I, I don't think openings for him. And that shot was... It was... But that oh, wasn't was that shot. So, that yeah. shot wasn't because he was opening the batting, though, was it? That shot yeah. would have still happened if he was batting at four. True, true. But I, I, I guess they're kind of separate points. I think he, he's got a better chance of succeeding at number four. But also, that shot was was so bad. Yeah, I think that there's a there's a, a kind of a few things at play. I am personally sort of the opinion that opening the batting in Test cricket in England remains such a unique challenge in cricket in terms of how much the ball moves how much it swings and seems that you kind of need to pick a specialist who's been doing it at county cricket and I think that Rory Burns actually kind of landed a blow for the English opener the English county opener in the first innings obviously with that with that brilliant hundred that showed that like you kind of do just have to you will pretty much always have to give that first 10 overs to the bowler so as much as it's nice to think that you can have this counter-attacking so also Roy did get through the first 10-15 overs well but he didn't do it in the style that we expect him to he didn't he didn't counter-attack he didn't put the pressure back on Australia and I think it's just unreasonable to expect basically anyone to do anything. I mean people will say David Warner and Verinda Sayweg have done it successfully in test cricket but they didn't do it in England. Sayweg averaged less than 30 here. They've got 100 between them in England so I think that and I, I guess the other thing is is that you've got to pick your best number four as well as your best opening pair and with Joe Root batting at three I think that you have a, there's England have a much wider pool to pick from of test number fours and I don't think that Joe Denny should sit at that part I think that maybe Jason Roy should and that's why you then go to picking another opener who can just see off the new ball and basically lay a platform in a quite traditional sense What do you think about that Joe? That Denley was originally picked to bat in the top three now Root's gone to three is Denley your best four? available yeah poor old Joe Denley it seems to be a kind of repeating theme that no one's quite sure of his role and he gets moved around and yeah I agree if if they're looking for the best yeah yeah, what yeah if if you're looking for the best number four in England then Joe Denley is probably is probably not that player uh equally to Jetson and after after one test uh in this series it it also feels a bit hasty um I'm not saying Joe Denley's going to have a a glorious test career and I, I could see why if they wanted to make that change Sibley comes in to open and Royce locks in at four. I can see the logic behind that. But this is still just one defeat. Uh, and given that I've already said I think Moen should have a breather, I would probably leave it there in terms of changes for this one. Uh, and I would think Roy down to the middle order is definitely an option, but not quite yet. And I would say Bairstow is... Uh, well, I hope there's enough I, f- I hope there's enough criticism that he feels unjustified to turn his form round because uh, something needs to change because it's been going on for too long in Test cricket. Um, and... He's when he's keeping. He's not. He doesn't deserve his place in the team purely as a keeper. That's much has been obvious ever since he started his career. So if he's not scoring runs. That's always going to put pressure on him. Uh, and he kept poorly in this game. He batted poorly. Uh, and one or two more matches like this, and I think he will have to come under serious, serious consideration for his place as well. Best averages twenty two since the start of twenty eighteen. Would you make a change now, or do you agree with Joe that it's something that you should be under scrutiny, but perhaps not make the change now? Well. I, I mean, I would have made the change probably. I mean, I wouldn't have selected him for quite a while, I think, really. Um, and so would I make the change now after one test into a series? I mean, it's it's hard to say that, but I wouldn't. I don't think I would have picked him at the start of the series. I'd have picked like another. I'd have, I, you, you either give the gloves to Joss Butler, who obviously 
is in form with the bat and test group or has a best test record in, in that time when Bairstow's really struggling or you pick Ben Folks or even Ben Brown as a sort of stopgap who, <laughs> who has an excellent county record over the last few years. I think that so He's are. not a name that many people would have heard mentioned in the discussion for the current England team? No, I think I, I can give I can give you the numbers. Joe's more qualified to tell you about the, the bloke himself, but he's, he's averaging 45 since the start of 2016 and 60, I think, since the start of, of May in county cricket. So, uh, and he's he's only 30, he's not that old, and he's been a sort of a succeeded for Sussex for a really, really long time. Uh, Joe, what else, what else do you know about him? <laughs> yeah, well, I interviewed him. We're doing a feature in the magazine, Wisdom Cricket Monthly, on kind of five of the usual suspects of county cricket who do it year in, year out, but don't always necessarily get the credit they deserve. And he's I, he was an ideal candidate for that. And he's averaging yeah, 48 over the last four years uh, and never gets mentioned in terms of England selection, perhaps maybe in Hove. He gets he comes up in conversations. Uh, he's an unconventional batsman, generally plays off the back foot, strong player of spin. I'm not saying he's a he's a test candidate, really, but it is just telling when someone like Bairstow has a poor record for as long as he has done in test cricket that there's almost an assumption that you just kind of keep going with him because he's such a good player at what point do you say there are better options out there now Ben Folks is the more compelling option because he's clearly a class act as a keeper and has already shown that he scores test runs Uh, he's only just come back from injury hasn't batted in first class cricket uh, for a little while hasn't scored many runs in first class cricket this season but I think sooner rather than later that that change will probably come yeah Folks had a weird season he averages 30 but he scored five He's got five scores in between 50 and 69, so he's not really got on. Um, so we normally end with our uh, prediction for the next day. So instead, I want prediction for A, the teams for the next tests. So che- what do you think England will actually do, not what you think should happen? And then I want a prediction for what actually happens in the second test, starting with Ben. Uh, I think that the only changes they will make will be Jack Leach in for Moan Alley and Joffre Archer in for James Anderson. Yeah, I think they'll give give all the bats one more go. Uh, did you ask for Australia team? Or yeah, team Australia the team same? as well. Uh, just, just uh, you know, will will Siddle retain his place? Do you think? Yeah, I, I think mean, he played really well. Yeah, I mean, especially I mean, well, it's it's, it's weird that the batting is is what he, how he contributes his game most, but like he did just show that he's still like a very able Test cricketer. And Lords is almost how it's been the last couple of seasons is a uh, where he'll sort of have most success you think so I think I think they will stick with the same team and what do you think will happen I I do think that England all all hit back I think I think the, the the one thing the one area where the green pitch will really narrow the gap actually is in the batting rather than in the bowling because I think that Steve Smith in 2015 in a way he had this this doesn't dispel the story from that series when he scored big hundreds when the pitch was flat and wasn't doing much and struggle when the ball was seeming around and so there's still that slight question mark over if it is seeming around, can he have the same success? And I mean, probably he can, but if, if England can get him early, which I think Laws is their best hope of doing that, then I think they've got a really good chance. He did all right with it was seeming around on day one. Uh, yeah, was it was it was it seeming hugely? That was it, I mean, it was seeming a bit, but it wasn't seeming as we've seen in England to some degree. And it wasn't swinging, was it? So it's a. Uh... Oh, it was, wasn't it? Like when Wade got out, that ball came into him a fair bit, and that was wicket five. Yeah. I... I think we can all agree he batted quite well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he mastered the conditions. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm definitely clutching at a fair amount of straws. <laughs> no, but, 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 but no, so it's a fair point though. So Steve Smith, one of the best bats of all time, has just had one of the best individual tests of all time. So do England should England panic too much? And is there, you know, if Joffre comes in and gets Smith early on, that's a totally different contest. I think the two teams, Smith aside, are quite evenly matched. Yeah, and that's why I, I would I agree with Ben. I think Moen will 
all make way for Leach, and I think Arch will come in for Anderson, but I wouldn't make any more changes than that because you don't want to overreact. So, yeah, what you say is one of the all-time great Ashes performances that England couldn't have done a huge amount about in terms of Smith's contribution. I think they, they bowled okay at him. Obviously, they would like to be a lot more threatening than they have been, but it wasn't like they shelled loads of chances. Uh, and Australia, I, I think Stark will come in for Lords, uh, probably at the expense of Siddle, which is a bit unfair, but I think Siddle was probably primed for this first test to make way for the second and I reckon they'll stick with that plan unless Patterson's feeling a bit of tightness because they'll want to keep him fresh over the course of the series as well uh, and maybe it's just the kind of the post-test blues but I, I'm struggling to see England kind of roaring back at, mm. at Lords. I wouldn't be surprised if Australia are 2-0 uh, at the end of that one Yeah uh, team wise I think I think Leach will come in for Moeen unfortunately I think England will actually probably want to change uh, the number four take Denny out but I don't think there is an obvious number four to come in so you could move Roy down pick Sibley so but North East has won is he? yeah his numbers are really good this season yeah. but I'm not sure if he is actually that close what do you think is going to happen in the test match itself I, th- I think Stark will come in as well but I don't think they'll pick Sibley again uh, and what I think will happen in the test who knows I think that's yeah. fair. Who knows? <laughs> I think that's absolutely fair. Um, cheers, Ben. Cheers, Joe. Cheers, Yaz. Cheers, Yaz. This has been the Wiz and Ashes Daily Podcast, brought to you by Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of exciting memories since 1979. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.